Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Dragon's Cast, where um, I've been told there's only so much hate you can give, so we're going to keep it to an hour this week. Uh, with me this week are uh, Bill. What's going on? Hey, guys. Anthony. At least the women won today. Well, we'll talk about that. Leon, what's going on? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still waiting for that 10th win. One of these days. It could happen. We'll talk about that, too. Uh, Rory the Cat also here. She'll check in later. Um, <laughs> no, no, no doubt. Um, let's start. I, I've got. Let, let's start with the good. Let's start with the good. We're, we're, we're not the good, the bad, the ugly yet. But let's start with the good. Um, Bill, I don't know if you care about this, but for the rest of us, the Drexel Dragons go four and zero against the University of Delaware this year in basketball. Fantastic news! Fantastic news! Always a good year. That's the best news I've ever heard. I'll leave it at that. Bill recently had a child, but this this is the best news he's ever heard. So this is great stuff all the way around. The listeners don't care about that, Dan. The listeners care about Delaware sucking, so we'll go with that. All right. And uh, I, I, I'm glad we were just talking a little bit off, off air, but uh, for those who, who haven't gotten a chance to listen to the NASCAR cast yet, I like the way you put that, Leon, um, with, with Jesse. That was uh, that was a lot of fun for me, um, especially hearing it back because uh, I really had forgotten about everything I did or said that week. So it was as interesting to me as it will be to you. Some cool stories. Um and uh, importantly, Daytona 500 was today, right before taping, and uh, both track house racing cars finished in the top 10. So they're off to a good start. Drexel Engineering continues to come on through for the boys down in Charlotte. So really cool story there to continue to watch. Take some DU pride in that. Um, so that's the good news. Um, that's it. We're um, two minutes into the pod. We're out of it. Um, now let's talk about our one and three week at uh, Drexel Athletics here at College Basketball. Um, and right at the top, uh, let's just talk about who's left, who's left. Um, at one point this weekend, I sent Bill a message being like, um, I am fairly slow, uh, probably would play the guard. I don't shoot threes particularly well. Um, I'm not actually close enough to defend the guy to foul and I would rely on Amari defensively behind me. I think I could qualify to start for our team at this point. Um, because it just feels like the right type of guard for the Drexel Dragons. And Bill, for the record, didn't exactly disagree with me. He merely questioned my eligibility. So that's where we're at right now. Um, obviously, both point guards have been down, but the key loss this week was Amari Williams during the UNCW game. Um, and, and the story there, to me, is very simple, right? If he stays in that game, odds are they beat UNCW. I mean, it went to double overtime without him. Um, and, and he was a key key figure in that game. Um and then you've got a, a better-than-average chance. I, I know what we think about Drexel on the road. I know what we think about Drexel off of big wins. But we still have a better-than-average chance of going down to Hampton and pulling out a W. And we're suddenly 2-0 and oh, and uh, looking at a top-four finish. And uh, that gives you the bye. That gives you a legitimate chance to win the league. Instead, you know you don't want to chalk everything up to one injury, but Amari gets hurt. You go 0-2 this week and uh, not getting that bye in the, in the tournament, clearly. And where do you go from here a little bit? Um reports that I've been kind of sniffing around, I, I generally think would qualify um, Justin and Amari's day-to-day. So I, I don't know who's going to be eligible for this week. I don't know who's eligible for this tournament. Uh, we'll talk about these two games first. And then I think the big question is, where do we go from here? Who do you want to see on the floor against Northeastern? Um, but let's start with that UNCW game. I know, Anthony, you were there. I think I saw you in the seat um, on the video. So tell me... Uh, Tell me what your thoughts were on that game. It was tough. It, it was a tough game uh, because it, it was kind of right there for the taking. Uh, we 
jumped out to a big lead. I think it might have been 22 to 7 or 22 to 9 early. We were doing really well. Uh, they started coming back a little bit. We had a horrific end of half sequence where they scored five points in half a second um, to cut our lead from 10 to 5. Uh, and then, um, you know, Amari not really playing down the stretch hurt. Uh, they had a player that, is it far fairer, uh, who, who had more points than minutes played. He was just unconscious from three. I think he hit five threes out of seven. And I think he came into the game with six made threes the entire season. Um, so that's super unlucky. He's never going to have a game like that again. (laughs) Somehow that guy did the exact same thing against us one time before he was playing for a different team. But he had the same exact thing. wasn't doing anything all year. And then somehow, I think he scored 16 points in 15 minutes. It was almost identical. So I don't know why this guy hates Drexel, but there's something's going on there. Sorry, clearly, go ahead. He, he, clearly he hates us. But I also was I, – I thought we were – I mean, he was, I guess, one of their bigs. So I think it was Amari or Garfield uh, on him uh, for the most part. Um it seemed even after he made the second one, we were a little lackadaisical on getting out on him, and he just kept taking him. So I, I don't really know what was going on there. I mean, we were offensively challenged down the stretch. I mean, it was just difficult to put up any points. Uh, you know, it was very exciting, you know, double overtime at the back. I mean, um, I was up and out of my seat constantly <laughs> during the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's – it's tough that we didn't pull it out. Free throws haunted us. We missed eight, 62% from the line in a one-point loss. Uh, that's that's not ideal. Um, but Yame had to carry us. Um, you know, I mean, looking ahead to the weekend, he scored 55 points across these two games on um, 55% shooting. Uh, so I'm not sure where he was all season. Um, I doubt it was him holding himself out, but it seems as though we could have used, um, you know, him at some point, uh, during, during the season. I can't fault Coltrane too much for his performance on Thursday. He had 13 points, but he did not show up against Hampton. 0 for 7, 0 for 4 from 3, 0 points, 4 fouls. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't under, I understand he's a senior. I understand he's been here a long time. I understand he's a captain. It's inexcusable that Yami Butler has not played until these last two weeks. I mean, it, it's just, you know, on Twitter, I know Dan, you put up a little poll. I don't know if you want to get to that later. Uh, that's an easy answer for me between Chris Fouch not starting, but still playing 35 minutes a game and, and, and playing in crunch time versus not playing Yame at all. Um, on a team that is far inferior to the teams that Chris Fouch is on. I mean, that's a no-brainer, but I'll, I'll, I'll stop for now. I mean, before, we even, before we even get into that, I, I mean, it's not just Coltrane, right? Like, we have, I, I mean, uh, th- two or three other guys. And we have Okros, House, um, maybe maybe it's just those two. And then, oh, and Odin, who just aren't contributing consistently. Like, it's just like up and down, up and down. And then you see Yame comes in, and he just delivers every game. Even his bad game, he had eight. Uh, I mean, so 
there's there's a bunch of guys there that he could have been taking at least a couple minutes from a game. I mean, it was like this guy couldn't even get on the court, no matter even if it was a blowout. And we see what he's capable of. So I just don't I don't understand this at all. Uh, I really don't. It's it's we would have won. I, I have to. I don't know how many more games I should have went through and analyzed. But a, a lot of close games that we were in, or games that we struggled to score. If we had him, we we could have won at least a few more games, for sure. We'd have more than the ten wins we keep talking about being worried about. We're gonna not be able to get to. So I'll tell you that. No question about that. Yummy's uh, Yummy's uh, average numbers, which I just took off my screen, which is great by me. But yeah, in conference play, and I love this. 15.5 minutes a game, 9.5 points a game. Who the hell gets double-digit average scoring in 15 minutes a game? Like, it, it's – dude is a, an absolute basket magnet. Um, yeah, we all know this, but uh, just kind of a fascinating thing. I do think Lamar uh, has been more consistent of late. I, I'm, You know, at some point we'll step back and we'll look at the season as a whole, but I think um, mentally Coltrane may have been ready. I don't know. Uh, maybe he wasn't, but for the leadership position that he was put in. Um, but as far as his, his game on the court, uh, I don't think he was, um, which is not necessarily a shot. He's developed, he's put a ton of work into himself in the last five years. You've seen it. If you look at where he came in to where he is now as a basketball player, tremendous accomplishment. He, he's put the work in, he's done the thing, but he's still not a guy who's breaking down defenses. And quite frankly, he doesn't know what to do when he does. You know, how many times does he get the guy in the air? You know, he never gets the foul called. He, he, he gets by him. It's a mid-range, usually kind of an off-bounce mid-range shot when he does get by. Like, just none of it makes sense. And and, and honestly, he's, uh, in the last couple of weeks, he's passed up shots that he needs to be pulling the trigger on. He needs to catch the ball right to shoot more than he has been. So a lot of issues there. Um, but I, I keep thinking that there was pressure put on him that he just wasn't ready for. And, and that, to me, is probably a staff thing. Um, captain's chosen by the teammates. I know that. But... I also know how a coaching staff can put the finger on the scale a little bit. So, um, yeah, I just wonder if he was put in a position to win, put it that way. And I, I actually feel for Coltrane a little bit. Um, Lamar, Odin, I think, has actually played really well when put under pressure in the last six weeks, when asked to, or in the last three weeks, when asked to step up. He had, he had a, a lousy game against Wilmington. wasn't really uh, a good situation for him. But he's, he's put up, you know, in the last three weeks, really strong numbers. He had 21-10, and 10, I think, against Hampton. I mean, uh, he was uh, he was out there battling, so I like what I've seen from him. But your, your point, your underlying point, though, remains, which is really similar guys as far as what they do, their characteristics. We talked about diversity of roster. They The coaches have talked to us before the season started about the need to uh, increase athleticism. They brought in all these recruits, all these transfers, increased athleticism, but they didn't play them. Right? Garfield played behind Lamar, but that was it. We, we, we remained slow at the guard position. Um, and what happened this year, I think, is just that the shooters we expected to shoot well have we're like 300th in college in the NCAA in, in three point shooting percentage. And if you're going to keep living by the three, Anthony, I know this is your favorite, but if you're going to keep shooting them, you know, if they're not going in by February, I think you've got to step back and say, we have a problem here. I, I think you can give it three months and let shooters shoot, but at some point, you've, you've got to stop that, right? Am I, am I crazy? And I want to point out, I mean, this team is, you know, the record, you are what your record are, is, right? Like, they're, they're 15 and 14. They're 9 and 8 in the conference. They're mediocre. They're right around 500, both overall and in the conference. Every single play, well, let me ask you guys this. Who 
in a on a permanent basis is the most consistent player on this basketball team. Yabe Butler. <laughs> and that, that, that's the point. That's the point. Every player on this on this team is capable of having a good game, but they're all inconsistent. And that's why you have a 500 record. Amari Williams is going to get his get his just because he's so big and so talented and does so many things that his consistency will just kind of carry over because he's just he's just so talented. But even with Amari, it's a 50-50 proposition every time he puts a shot up, whether it's going to go in the basket or not. There's no shot that he takes that isn't a layup or a dunk that I'm saying, oh, that's going in. That's his spot. He's going to make that shot. Um, it, it just doesn't exist. It's always a, a total wild card whenever he takes a shot away from, you know, basically placing the ball in the basket that it's going to go in. The most consistent player on the team didn't start playing until mid-February. I mean, and if he would have been playing the whole time, this is a 20-win team. Easy. And, and I think playing Yame earlier too, maybe take some of that pressure off Coltrane, maybe take some pressure off the other guys because – He's a, he's a go-to guy that you have to stop. People are trying to stop him now and are still struggling. Whereas the other guys really like no one there you're really afraid of having to stop. I mean, they can score in bunches, you know, hit threes. Lamar's starting to go to the hoop a little bit more lately, but no one really is still scaring you there. Yame is, is a different animal and really I think would make everyone else better. And I hope we'll get to see him next to Justin Moore before the season's over. Um, that would be entertaining if, if nothing else frankly i just hope we get to see him next season well that's a good point too again you guys you've been talking about consistency before and consistency comes kind of back to bite us over here if we have not been a consistent team uh, throughout the season we haven't been able to del- uh, we have the talent occasionally and the, some of the players show up but we haven't been a consistent team and that's why we're going to be a 500 team maybe at the end of the season so it, it's it's not surprising and I'm with you guys on the Yam. You know, why didn't Yami play soon? I, I think we should we can dive deeper into that. But to me, everything this with this lack of consistency, with this forced lineup of Okros, Odin, and and House and Coltrane all kind of being in there at at the same time, just goes back to coaching. It has to go back to coaching. That's the only like when you have inconsistent players that are I guess get our streaky players then it's a coaching adjustment that needs to happen to put your best team out there. Whereas instead of just trying the same thing repeatedly and hoping for different results. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I go back to Amari not getting the playing time until Butler got hurt. Right, like you have to, having the talent on the team, recruiting the talent's not good enough. Um, I'll, I'll say this, in the five games that Yame has played extensive minutes, the mo- re- most recent five games, he's averaging 19 points a game. And that lineup is at Delaware, home against Towson, at Hofstra, UNCW, and at Hampton. So three road games, two of the best teams in the league. Um, that's that's not a soft schedule. That's actually a much harder schedule than his peers. He would be first team all CAA, mostly because the voters don't care about defense. But he, he would be he would be a legitimate candidate for first team all CAA, and you, you didn't play him. I, I don't think there's a question between him and Chris Fouch what, what's the bigger offender? It is 50-50 poll right now. So Bill and the current coaching staff has clearly voted to uh, on this poll on Twitter, which is nice to, to even things out. Hey, I, I voted for Yami, man. This is not a... <laughs> wow, that's a big deal, actually. People don't understand how big a deal that is. My guy's been railing about Chris Fouch for a decade now. Listen, uh, um, there, there, was, there was anger there, too. But like 
Chris Fouch was still the freshman of the year, I believe, and and been produced. Um, the, the crazy, the crazy thing is, both those things happened. Chris Fouch not starting, and Yame Butler not start playing for this long to the same team under different coaches. Somehow we've been able to screw up both those situations for the it's, same reason, by the way, yeah, yeah. because they can't play defense. It's insane, right? We worry about their defense, and and actually that made more sense under Bruce because you needed all five guys to be plus defenders out there to make that just man to man all day long work. With with Amari under the basket, you have a little more leeway. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like I said, I think we'll have three or four just big misses um, when we look at the end of the season. I think the, the position we put Coltrane in is one of them. I think the lack of playing uh, May is one of them. Um, you know, and and part of that. Remember, Justin Moore got off to a pretty rocky start, and and maybe you don't want to put somebody who's going to rock the boat next to him. I get that you put the the captain, the helping hand next to him, okay. But you know, I think I think you may unless he's just sticking around in practice, possible. Um, you know, has earned ten minutes a game from the beginning of the year, given his level of talent. I mean, you you, you legitimately sat an all CA player for the entire season until somebody got hurt. Until everybody got hurt, as a matter of fact, I think it took both both point guards getting hurt. But but Coltrane, you know, captain or not, Coltrane uh, hasn't progressed this season. He hasn't gotten better. In fact, if I'd say Coltrane's gotten worse as the season went, I'd agree with you. I'd agree with you. I, again, I think that's the pressure. I think it's him trying to do more, you know, than than he needs to do. Right? I think he makes a lot of bad choices right now because he feels like he's, you know, he needs to in some ways. Um. Yeah, it could be in a position that he should. To your point, he should, he was put in a position maybe that he couldn't succeed in, right? Like this wasn't this isn't his. Maybe leadership isn't the role he was made meant to be in, because because it is a lot of weight on his shoulders. Some players excel with that. Some players don't. He seems more clueless in these last four games than the first four first games four games of the season when he when he's out there. It's just crazy to me. Academic suspension doesn't help with that. Yeah, of course not, but. I mean, I, I think I don't, I don't know about the guy's leadership, and I'm sure his teammates look up uh, look up to him. But uh, his game, to me, his game was not ready for that. Hey, we're going to make this about you. We're going to put you out there. You're going to be the speaker on media day. You're going to be the guy next to coach. Um, and I think they were trying to make him to something he wasn't. Um, so that's a fun regaling. So another question is, you know, we we go into we're not locked into the five seed. You could hypothetically slip to six. Uh, A&T would have to win their two home games against pretty bad opponents, okay. And we would have to lose at home to Northeastern to do it. Um, all within the realm of possibility. I still think we're probably like a 70% favorite. But my question to you guys is this. Um, let's assume let's assume for a second we live in a world, and I don't know if this is to be true at all. This is me just throwing stuff out there. But let's assume we live in a world where Amari and Justin could both play on Thursday. Um, be hobbled, but play. Would you rather play them? Or would you rather take potentially take the L, but have them, you know, give them more rest going into the tournament, knowing that Drexel has ten days off because we don't play that Saturday that everybody else does. So Drexel's got ten days off going into the tournament. Everybody else will have this the week. Um, do you, who do you want to see out there on Thursday, Bill? I don't know. Unless unless they're healthy enough to go, I I just sit them. I, I mean, I think our chances without either one of those guys is going to be slim in the tournament. So if there's a chance that we can get them back healthy with a longer period of time sitting out, then, you know, that's fine. Uh, we may be able to beat Northeastern anyway, uh, but it's going to take, you know, a 
a better effort from all of the guys uh, stepping up, not just Yame. Yame can't just beat Northeastern all by himself. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe he'll go full Kishana Washington and drop 40, um, which would piss me off even more if he didn't play in the season <laughs> more than it already is. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, I, get them healthy if we can. I mean, I would really like to see them. It'd be, it almost would be hard to see them play together, I think, though, um, because – they haven't all season, so maybe they're. It could be difficult, but if they do it in practice, you know, maybe it's not as much of a chemistry thing as I would think it could be. Um, like I said, if they if they're if they can play and they don't think they'll reaggravate anything, then then you know I'd like to see either or both play. Uh, but if they're still not, then just let them sit. You got to think they were practicing with with Yame at the two. I don't know how much of he did you know with the first team alongside uh, Justin, but you got to think he's a practicing at the two. I'm with you, Bill. Uh, I kind of, whatever happens against Northeastern happens. Uh, it'll actually be interesting to see if we can put an entirely new team that nobody in the conference has seen. We've never put that lineup out there. We've never had Justin next to Yame, you know, Amari down deep. Like, that's a really good starting five. And you just spring it on people in the tournament. I think that's going to be a tough one with no tape out there um, to defend. It'll be interesting. We were hoping to keep Yame in the reserves until the tournament. Unfortunately, we had to play him too soon. They're hoping to bring him out just for the tournament to surprise everybody. That was the coaching strategy that they decided on the beginning of the season. We've all misread Zach Spiker's master plan. You're 100% right, Leon. You might be onto something there. Conspiracy theorist, unite. Um, listen, I said that. I think I said that coming out of the conference season when we were talking about we talked about the Seton Hall game and how bad things were going. I was like, hey, this is getting interesting. We play some of the kids here coming out of the conference. People haven't seen it yet. It's not that the prediction's not working out well for me. Um, I, I, I actually wouldn't limit it to Yame either. Like um, somebody was talking to me about, he wanted to see more Kobe McGee. Like I'm not necessarily positive I'm on that boat right now, but like he, he does at least do a little bit more on the court. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I think Hargrove looked terrible. Like, I mean, I, I just, I don't know why we go so short. Um, I, I don't get me wrong. I don't think Cole's ready yet. You know, Hampton doesn't have a legit big man down there, so it's tough to judge. But, um, yeah, we, we play the tight, short roster, and I don't know why. I just I don't get it. I actually think uh, Hargrove has a pretty decent shot for a freshman big. Um, it's fairly smooth. I mean, usually forwards come in, especially at our level, super raw, especially offensively. But um, I thought, you know, in very, obviously, very limited playing time, I've been pretty impressed offensively in, in – what I've seen just in terms of his ability to put the ball in the basket. By the way, uh, that Northeastern game was probably our most convincing win of the season, uh, certainly in conference, uh, outside of maybe Delaware State and Arcadia. But uh, Yame got three whole minutes in that game. Um, so uh, there's that. But as far as your, your question, Dan, I think I would agree with you guys. Um, I might split the difference a little bit and maybe just kind of put them on a minutes restriction, get them out there. I mean, I think you certainly want them to be as fresh as they can be for the tournament. At the same time, there's got to be some type of rust factor as well. I mean, because at that point, how many games will Justin have missed? Six, which is, you know, over a third of, of the conference season. So it'll have been a while since he got back. I feel like, okay, well, you've been out since the beginning of February. Good luck in March. Um you know, I, I would prefer to be able to see 
everybody out there, you know, even if it's a little bit, just to get your legs under you. You certainly don't want anybody to just be not in game shape at all and run out of steam when you have to try to win three games in three days. Four games. But yeah, I mean, I think the the thing, the other thing about being in that five spot is that you play the winner of the 12-13 game. That shouldn't be a threatening team to anybody besides Drexel. But, you know, they played the night before. We're going to be coming off of uh, 10 days off, longer than anybody else off. Plus, now some of our guys might be a couple weeks off. Um, and I don't know if you guys know this about Drexel basketball this year, but the first five minutes of the game, not great. Not great most of the, most of the year. So, you know, we're already we're coming from a spot where, where the other team is likely to jump all over us out of the gate. Um, that is a, a large concern that I have, uh, even playing the 12-13 game. And I'd, I'd like to see us at least play on Sunday. Uh, this team certainly should, has the talent to do it. Assuming Justin and Amari are back for the tournament, which is an assumption that maybe I shouldn't be making. I'd like you to rerun those uh, first five minute stats with Yame in the game. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> I think the, the the instant offense that a player that can find their own shot can bring to the team, and especially when we typically have a tendency of going to those big holes in those first five minutes, is is, is a game changer. I love how much this question is going to piss you off. And if Justin and Amari are back, will Yame be in the game in the first five minutes? That will be infuriating if he's not. I don't know. So who's <laughs> who's starting at two? Coltrane? Yeah. The same group that's been starting, Leon. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But I don't know how you can be watching what's been going on in these in these games and be like, yeah, this guy needs to go back to the bench. Uh, <laughs> if Yame doesn't start in Washington, I'm, I'm alerting security to Bill right off the bat. I'm just. I'm, I'm giving Spiker at least a little bit of a buffer here. Give him some chance to run. I mean, Coltrane hasn't even Coltrane hasn't even started since the game he missed the, due to the suspension. They've been starting Mate since Coltrane came back for these past three games. So Coltrane's not even starting. So if Yami goes back to the bench, it's going to be for Mate, who lost his starting job in December. He should be coming off the bench anyway. He's better from off the bench. He went to the bench for a good reason. Sending Yami to the bench with more back is just, I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to pile on Coltrane. Um, I will for a second. I I think he's he's a good kid. Um, And again, been a... A good representative of the program, but twenty-four percent from three in conference play. Twenty-four percent from three since the new year. That's his thing. Like without that shot, he he's not a great player. Now his defense has been a plus. He's been a plus defender. I'll give him credit there. He has not let the offensive woes carry over. But um, no reason at this point, in my mind, for him to really be out there. Um, certainly not to start. I agree with you. But then, you know, again, if you're the staff, you know, if you're Zach Spiker, and you go, well, I started these five guys, two of the five I've benched, and the one guy I wouldn't play until four other guys went to the bench is now suddenly our best player. Um, what am I doing? I mean, and I think that's... I, I think he's got to be honest with himself about that. Like, he's got to really have some internal assessment there because, I mean, I, I don't think um, anybody here is crazy. We've watched a lot of basketball over the years. I don't think anything we're saying is outlandish, but if he himself benches 40% of his starting lineup, and it's now seeing Yame in front, like, I hope there's an honest conversation in that room because um, it'll make him better. It'll make him better. And ultimately, I want the best sex biker we can have for our program. Um, but that's, that's going to be a harsh reality. Um, but I'd agree. I mean, it's got to be, right, 
uh, Moore, Butler, House, Odin, Williams. That has to be your five, right? Is there any question? No, I mean, I, I would agree. And it's a starting five that you like. I, I like that starting five. I, I think that starting five can beat any team in this conference. 100%. I mean, y- Yame just has what the rest of the team doesn't, especially with Justin out. I mean, Justin was the only guy prior to Yame playing who could get all the way to the hoop for laps. He was the only one. I mean, Amari, I mean, he's, he's, he's a different animal. I should say the guards. I mean, he... Uh, he does occasionally drive by his guy Amari does, but um, but Yame is like an expert at it. Like Justin would struggle finishing around the hoop a little bit, which I thought he was going to coming in. He's just not he's not that strong yet. He's still working on his left hand finishing around the hoop, so like he can get there, but he wasn't consistent finishing. Yame finishes around the bu- around the bucket in a lot of creative different ways too, and that travels. Like sometimes when your shot's not falling on the road, getting to the hoop always always travels. So I mean that's. That's one one area that we really needed all season, and I just don't know how a, a piece like that can be missed uh, so badly. And, and speaking of which, Bill, along with your point, uh, getting to the hoop, going to the line, over the last two games this week, Yame was 17 of 21 from the free throw line. So yeah, also our best free throw shooter. <laughs> use, those, use those 10 days to get that free throw class in. Yeah, man. You, you know, we can continue to miss three-pointers or we can get the other team in foul trouble and just get easy points without the clock running. <laughs> I don't... Maybe maybe the problem is we like to slow down the game and run clock, so when we score without the clock running, shooting free throws, maybe that's the problem. Another outside the box. We got the tinfoil hats out and about tonight. This is good. Uh, all right, I'll wrap up our, our beating up on everything. Jackson men's basketball segment. Listen, it's been an 0-2 week. Uh, with a team that is rough, you know. Hopefully, we we see some guys back from Northeastern, but if not, really, really hope to see them down in DC. I mean, uh, let me say this, Dan. I'm a little positive. I mean, they are fighting still. I mean, this team is. They are. This team is depleted. I mean, to the point where we, I I'm not even expecting us to win another game unless we get some players back. Um, but I think we're just all mad because of Yame. Because where would we be right now if he was actually a bench player? Like, if he was a guy right now who couldn't come in and give you 25, 30 off the bench, uh, uh, like, where where would we be? Um, we would be getting our asses kicked pretty regularly right now. But the team is still fighting. They're still playing hard. I haven't been disappointed with these losses too much just because we are so depleted. Um, and I think Spiker's at least doing a good job of, you know, now that he's got Yame in the game, still competing. Because it is hard when you're down – two point guards and your star player who's a center who also anchors your entire defense. Yeah. And I'll say again, look at Lamar Odin performance at, at Hampton. I mean, he was all over the place. He was absolutely all over the place. That was, he's had a couple of great games lately. Um, the guys are, you're, you're right, Bill. They're, they're fighting for their lives. Uh, they're fighting hard. Um, I realize Hampton is, is not a team that anybody even undermanned thinks we should lose to. Um, but yeah, guys, they were going full tilt, full time. I'll say that. And I don't mean to take your positivity and then throw it back to the negativity again, but I will say both of these games this past week were frustrating because we built a big lead at home despite our, you know, injured status and then pretty much gave it away before halftime even came. And then while you know they showed a lot of resolve to come back against Hampton and tie that game, they looked terrible until 
the last five minutes. So it goes it just goes back to the consistency thing, right? I mean, you, you you don't what is this team? I mean, we look great at home against a good team in Wilmington. We give it away, and then we can't close it out because we're just too injured, too banged up to to seal the deal. We play the worst team in the league in Hampton. We look terrible for 35 minutes, and then we show what we are capable of despite the injuries, come back, and then, you know, again, can't can't get it done. It's just those types of things happen, and it would just be nice if it didn't feel like the coaching staff was hamstringing the team going back to the very beginning of the season. And maybe some of these games that, you know, that's a tough one. You know, we didn't come out great on the road in this game. We've battled back, but it just wasn't enough. Those types of games are going to happen. But here and there, there's a couple wins that I think are just left out there because we were playing arguably our best player uh, that could have put us third in the conference. I mean, I'm not suggesting we're up there at hot with Hofstra at 15 and two if Yame's playing the whole time. I'm not suggesting that. But I mean, I think we're right there with Wilmington and Towson for third in, in that situation. I don't know. You look at the teams we lost to. You look at the way we lost. I don't. I think you've got an argument, Anthony, for um, second, if not third, in the league. Um, if if Yami is playing the whole year, I agree with you. You, know, you clean up some of those some of those games that you just didn't play at. Um, no, I, I get where you're coming from. Also, as far as the UNCW game, the one thing I, I did while I was sitting there is I kept thinking, you know, if it wasn't for Nick Farrar, you know, this is a blowout. Like that, those guys got so bailed out by a guy who was he was six of twenty-two uh, from three going into that game, so about twenty-seven percent on the year. Uh, he was a forty-two percent shooter last year, for what it's worth. Uh, limited sixteen of thirty-eight, um, but yeah, five of seven against us there. And Bill, to your point, um, full uh, he had seventeen against us last year on Valentine's Day. Um, so he likes this this uh, mid-February Jackson Dragons uh, team. Um, I'll give you his lines, though. This is what's really going to get you loving this. His line uh, before and after playing at the deck. He played Delaware on Saturday. Three minutes, zero points, two turnovers, two fouls. He played uh, Northeastern the day prior to playing us, 12 minutes, um, 0-3 from the floor, three rebounds and a foul. So he didn't score a point in either game around just murdering us with 19. Hard to blame the coaches, hard to blame the team for, for not necessarily, you know, having Amari stepping out on this guy, but it makes it even, it makes it even more frustrating just because, you know, we didn't host Hofstra this year, but every other team that's at the top of our league that's come to the DAC has not impressed me when they were at the DAC. And, and, you know, I cannot say, Oh, wow. You know, the the rowdy DAC, because I, frankly, I, I think the DAC has been rather underwhelming this year compared to past history, but None of the te- Charleston didn't impress me when they came. Wilmington didn't impress me when they came. Towson didn't impress me when they came. And, you know, we obviously lost the Towson on the road and, and, you know, other teams on the road. But every team that came to the DAC looked, you know, I thought we were at least as good, if not better, than every team that, that came to the DAC this year. I mean, again, Hofstra did not come. I think they're the best team in the conference. But other than that, it, it just makes it even more kind of depressing because I feel like this league is there for the taking. I, I agree with you. I mean, the one big takeaway from for me from the UNCW game was this league is bad. Like, if this if this team's a clearly top four, you know, running up near the top of the standings team, like, that, that one team's not great. They're really not. I mean, uh, they got bailed out to be even close to us, and we were beaten up. Like, 
Uh, I was actually, I was one thing I really was impressed by. I got to give one more quick positive to the coaching staff is, is uh, I knew that they were going to come. They're going to come with pressure. We didn't have a point guard and that we never really felt like we felt it. It was never a, a really big deal to us. So handled it well. Yame is clearly getting used to having the ball in his, in his hands a little bit more, which was great. And um, I thought we were prepared. We were prepared for that. So, so hat tip to that. I thought we came up with a good game plan. I thought we executed pretty well. And again, kind of Nick Ferrar, whatever. Um, and then Amari goes down and yada, yada, yada. But um, in a position to win that one, again, this is, this is a bad league. And the, the real frustration for me about going 0-2 this week, when we so easily could have been 2-0, is that this is a winnable league. We could have had three games in three days. That's, there's magic to be had down there, especially if you figure out the starting lineup and everybody's healthy if Justin comes back. You know, this was, I, I, to me, that UNCW game, um, biggest game of the year, simply because of that. I, I think it had a chance to put us in the top four. And to me, you need that buy if you're going to win this league. Have to have it. So nobody's ever won four games in four days. So I, I just, that's a killer. It's a killer to lose Amari in that game. A killer to go down, you know, lose the two games this weekend. But we were in a position to win that game. Amari stays healthy. We're, we're really hat-tipping Zach Spiker right now and let him off the hook a little bit for, for Yame. It's, it's funny how that works. It's, it's so close. It's, it's so razor thin. Um, but... To your point, we play Yame early in the season, probably Nolan Floyd because we're already sa- safely, securely in it. So I, I get both sides of that argument. Um, the other thing I want to note, um, you took a hint from my good, bad, and ugly Anthony, but the attendance was very poor. I thought I thought I was really disappointed by by the uh, the atmosphere there. I didn't make it myself. I was under the weather, but um, as you're six, stay home, folks. But yeah, a really disappointing turnout for what was really a turning point game for in our season. I uh, would have thought we would have had more of a press to get folks in the, in the door and um, disappointed there as well. So I have nothing good to say from every every area of the program. You're all welcome. Um, we can do better. We will do better. Uh, it was, I think, attendance-wise, it was, I actually thought it was a step in the right direction this year as a whole as we wrap up our season here. Um, so we turn. Oh, I had one last question for Leon. Ten wins, yes or no? Oh, man. It's tough now. Uh, I'd say I'm going to say no just to kind of help us get to that 10th win. I think that's what the that's what this team needs, somebody to not believe in them to show up. So I'll say no. I say we drop the game to Northeastern. Can we all collectively just not believe in them? Can we all can we all get on that? <laughs> Officially, the Dragons Cast podcast will not believe in our team going into this weekend at the tournament. I'm just going to throw one more stat out there. If you look at the five losses that we've had in conference prior to Yame actually starting to play, at Towson, a six-point loss, at Stony Brook, a one-point loss, at A&T, a 13-point loss, at Elon, a 14-point loss, and at Monmouth, a two-point loss. If you take those five games, the grand total of minutes that Yame Butler played is five. Yeah. Five. Yeah, and I'll tell you, that Elon game was disgusting. I, I don't know, or sorry, the uh, and A&T game was disgusting. I just thought the level of effort across the board was terrible. I don't know if anybody saves that team. Because they just came out mentally unprepared for that game, but the rest of those games, yeah, hundred percent. All right, we will now pivot, hard pivot, hard pivot. Also, a weekend that started in disaster stone. I actually got a text message about the Drexel women's program on Friday night from a buddy at Northeastern. Wait, we beat you, um, but yeah, the Drexel women lost to Northeastern to open the weekend. Anthony, you want to take us through? The ladies' weekend. The the weekend needs to start first with the hour long delay for uh, a cracked board just 
above the uh, the circle, the the center court circle. You know, it's been noted that there was some type of pipe that burst underneath the floor um, about six weeks ago. Uh, they refinished the floor. Um, you know, the, the plan I think is just to get through the season and then they're ripping it all up, putting in a brand new floor for next season. Um, but you know, I was there at the game on Friday night, we were ready to tip at six o'clock and then they did the introductions and we just didn't start. And then eventually we figured out it's because of these, this cracked floor. I, I talked to somebody I know in facilities who let me know that it's that crack has been there for six weeks. It's like half an inch, not a factor at all. Um, in a spot of the court where, you know, it's not like there's a lot of heavy traffic there for the most part. And the refs of every game walk the court pregame to check for these types of things. And nobody has ever had a problem with it, but apparently Northeastern's women's team had a problem with it. Uh, so we were delayed for a long time. There was talk about potentially playing tomorrow, the next morning on Saturday morning, they were looking into changing flights. Um, they were waiting for the conference to make a decision. I'm not sure what took 45 minutes, considering it's not like there was work to fix it. So I don't know what was going on. Um, but they ultimately finally started playing, you know, 655 or something like that. Um, and the women just didn't play great. I don't know if it was the the delayed start kind of got to them or what. I, I know that we were kind of back and forth with them. It was never really... They never truly pulled away from us, and we had a great third quarter where we came out and outscored them by 15 and built a double-digit lead, and then the wheels just fell off in the fourth quarter. They, they outscored us by 17 points. I think we went yeah, we went 1 of 14 from the floor in the fourth quarter, 0 for 5 from 3, just could not score. Um, Kashana was inefficient, 33 points, but on 28 shots. Um, Kylie didn't play the first half, basically. She started the game. She played about two and a half minutes and then was removed and did not play the rest of the half. No foul trouble. Came out and scored 12 points or 11 points in the third quarter when we built our lead. Um, and then, you know, we, we didn't play very well in the fourth quarter. Maybe we do a little bit better if she played more in the in the first half. I was told that there was some potential defensive issues there in terms of her being a little lost on the defensive end, um, she's a freshman. Uh, she missed a month of the season, so she may be a little bit behind uh, in, in that regard. But, um, yeah, a tough loss, a, a tough loss to a team that we beat on the road, um, and we've had their number for a good long time. Um, that, 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 was, uh, that was a tough one uh, at home. Um, I didn't catch all of today's game against Delaware. Always good to beat. The Blue Hens, um, but we. This was another instance of Wonder Woman Kashana and um, not much help. Uh, she went for 40 again, which I think ESPN put up something. I think she has the most 40 point games in the nation, three uh, this season. Um, she's superhuman. Uh, nobody else on the team broke double digits, which. Has happened before. We did enough. North uh, Delaware didn't shoot particularly well. I think they were 34% from the floor. Uh, so they didn't shoot well. They also did a terrible job just fouling us all game, especially in the first quarter. It, you know, we took 32 foul shots in that game, and 13 of them came in the first 10 minutes, which is wild. Uh, I mean, you know, there's 
usually you see a lot, you know, a lot of foul shots coming at the end of games, fouling situations, you're trying to come back, things like that. We went 12 of 13 from the line in the first quarter and, and we're only up two. So I'm again, I, I wasn't watching at that time closely enough to know whether it was the refs or, or something Delaware was doing. They were being over aggressive, but to let the visiting team in your home building shoot 13 foul shots in the first 10 minutes of the game is uh, not what you want if you're the home team. So I'm not sure what Delaware was doing there, but um, nice to get a win uh, and not go 0-4 across the men and women this week. Uh, but uh, it was a good win to just keep our keep our lead in the conference. We're a half game ahead of A&T and Stony Brook at 11-4. and um, Just like the men, the women have kind of a, a late buy Um most teams have four t- games left. We only have three. Um, so uh, we'll see how how it shakes out. Uh, but at the moment, that North Carolina A&T game at the end of the season looks like it may well be for the one seed. The, the good news is that the other team that's half a game behind us is Stony Brook, and we swept them. So um, even if they win out, as long as we also win out, we'll, we'll stay ahead of them. Uh, but that A&T game, you know, looks like it's going to end up being for the conference. As predicted. How comfortable you are you at home versus William & Mary before that, though? That's another tough one. Um, I think William & Mary lost today, if I'm right, um, which is helpful for sure. Um, they did. Towson, Towson beat them. Um, so that that helps. But, yeah, no, that, that that's going to be a tough game. Um, they lost today to snap a four-game winning streak. So... And looking at William & Mary's schedule, Elon, and then after they play us, they go to Monmouth and they host Hofstra. Those are all winnable games for them. So it's a it's going to be a tough stretch for, for the Dragons uh, this, the, these last two weeks. It's going to be a, a race to the finish for sure to see uh, who gets that one seed. Yeah, what, what I did tell my buddy from Northeastern who, who was asking about this game on Friday, you know, it was just I, I do think we're the best team in the conference. We certainly have the best player in the conference. But – we're not head and shoulders above that second tier, above the pack. It just doesn't feel that way at all right now. So um, I believe in Amy. I believe we'll get it together, and I, I do believe we've got the best player in the league. And when you need her, Keishana just seems to show up, doesn't she? So, um, you know, Penn State, all the, all the big games this year, she's come up big. So I, I trust her. I tr- trust everybody involved in that program. and uh, We'll see. But it's going to be, uh, especially with it being at Towson, the tournament, it's going to be a, a tough battle. It's going to be a fight. Uh, I'd prefer not to end up on Towson's side of the bracket, for sure, because they've given us some fits. I think you made a comment earlier, Dan, um, on the Slack thread about uh, how you know we were ha- have it, kind of having conversation about the fact that there wasn't a lot of help outside of Kishana, uh, players not shooting good percentages and things like that. And, and I think you had mentioned it's, it's hard to get into a rhythm um, shooting the ball when you, your your chances are so limited. Um, do you think that's a coaching thing? I mean, do you think, you know, the complement, the complimentary players just, you know, you only get so many looks, you got to make them count when you get them because that's the way the team is structured. Um, and that's the winning strategy uh, or, or should there be more of a, a balance uh, from the coaching staff? I think it's me just being a contrarian. Uh, like, I don't know if you can take that ball out of Kashana's hands. I'd like to see her look to pass a little bit more than she does, maybe. But, like, are you really going to mess with the best player we've had? I mean, tell her to shoot less. Like, I mean, I, I don't know that you want to do that. I, I do think maybe 
there are times where she takes some shots that you go, man, you're really good, but maybe not the fadeaway double teamed with 15 on the clock. Like, you know, it happens from time to time. But um, I can't imagine as a coach having a that's a tightrope. That's a tough tightrope to walk. Tough tightrope to walk, especially when you haven't had anybody else on the team step up and say, "Hey, I deserve these shots." You know, I, I think um, some of the, some of the ladies have have had drips and drabs. They've, they've kind of the inconsistency of the men's team a little bit, right? Uh, but again, to your point, and, and I guess to my point from earlier, tough for anybody to find their footing when they're getting you know when, when one person's taking fifty percent of the team shots, you know, almost fifty percent, which is what's what's happened today, right? So. Um, how are you going to find your stroke? How are you going to figure it out? What's the practice is for, I guess. Um, but game situations are different. We all know that. So I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I don't envy Amy there. I don't want to take the ball out of Kishana's hands either. So, um, But I do know I've seen this offense for a lot of years, and I feel like we usually get more quality shots than we've gotten this year. I, I agree, and I, and I think you're right. You, you can't take it out of your best player's hands, uh, for sure. The only time it really seemed to me that uh, in that Northeastern game on Friday, uh, they she definitely seemed to be forcing down the stretch at the end. Uh, and granted, it was kind of like desperation mode. There was very little time left, and you know she was just hoisting shots. She was getting blocked. She char, you know, she got called for a charge at one point. But you know, hard to really harp on her too much in that regard just because it was you know like utter desperation just trying to like will them back in when you know nobody else is uh really scoring so uh can't falter too much there if you care the net rankings have uh Towson and northeastern northeastern is actually second in the ca in net right now. um Towson's third they're both at about 150 um and then stony brook and delaware are just behind those two both those teams we swept um so, yeah, I mean, I think that actually feels not crazy to me. Um, William and Mary's distantly behind them, 237 um, next. So uh, I still think I would put William and Mary in, in the top six. I'd say there's probably six really competitive teams. I think the one team's going to matter because there's going to be a, a handful of teams at the top that you don't want to play until you have to. So it would be nice to, to be part of that 4-5 game, although you don't know who's going to be in it. It could well be Northeastern is the 4-5 winner. Um it's a double buy on this side too, so take your take your double buy, and uh, I'll let the I'll let the chips fall, fall where they may with this team because I, I'm a believer. You had mentioned earlier about um, trying to avoid being on Towson's side of the bracket. I, you know, it's tough to say looking at it here without getting into tiebreakers, just because Towson's in a three way tie with William and Mary and Northeastern, um, but at the moment A and T and Stony Brook are ahead, so. We certainly may be on Towson's side of the bracket. Stony Brook and A and T are definitely on the other side, but um, depending on where Towson falls between them, Northeastern and William and Mary, it, it may be a semifinal matchup at Seku Arena. Yeah, I mean, six six teams are within one game of each other, including Drexel, within one game of first place. There's so six teams within a game of first place with four games to play. Like, not only are we not clear, like there's a whole mess. So. I have no idea who's going to be on what side of the bracket right now. Right, um, tough, tough to tell. But yeah, if if it ended today, the four or five game would be Towson Northeastern, which we want no part of. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, that that wouldn't be great. But I expect it not to end there. So now that I've said it, put it out in the atmosphere, that's what it will be. And that 
with that ugly statement, we will go to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, we spin the wheel, see who gets to go first today. Uh, I like Leon. I like Leon for this one. Leon, give us your good, your bad, and your ugly. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. I, I think that's the uh, second one in a row I got to go f- first. I like this. Yeah, well, in that case, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got to keep giving Yame good until until he proves us otherwise, I feel like. I can't, I can't, uh, I cannot do that, especially considering the position he's in right now where we don't have a true point guard and he's kind of had to take that role on. So I'll, I'll give Yame the good. The bad is the continued uh, injuries, uh, you know, like Bergens is out and Mari now, I don't know what his status is going to be going into the tournament and Justin still seems to be uh, missing games. So I'll, I'll keep that as the bad and the ugly, it's just the road losses, these continued road losses to bottom of the barrel teams in the CAA, which we can't seem to shake. If you're the worst team in the CAA and we're coming to your, to your, to your court, uh, you got a good shot. You got a good shot of beating us, so I think that's my ugly. So with that, uh, I'll throw it right back to you, Dan. Why don't you go so so we can leave Bill be the last person? All right, well, well, I love it, love it. Put him in a put him in the corner. Um, Man, these, these goods are going to be sparse by the time it comes around to me. So. It's yeah. Well, we well, can't all take Yame. Um, no, I mean, uh, my good will be Yame. No, uh, my good will be, I guess, the the women. Um, Bouncing back four and zero against Delaware, I'll take four and zero against Delaware. I'll take that. I'll, I'll both both teams sweep. I don't know that that's. I mean, somewhere Mike Tuberoso is going to have to go back through the books because I don't know when the last time. Honestly, the men haven't swept them in a long, long time. Alone, let alone both teams. So feels pretty good. Feels feel pretty pretty good. I'll take that one all day long. Uh, my argument is definitely going to be uh, attendance and the UNCW game. It's another thing that could have pushed us over the top. I think, you know, talk about a double overtime game and you just didn't have the atmosphere that that needed. I thought we let the team down in a lot of ways there, uh, the proverbial we, but just, just uh, the Royal we, um, they needed, they needed fans in the, in the seats for that one. Didn't get the support they needed in a big game. Really disappointing. Really, really disappointing. Cause we've, and again, this is an expectations thing too, because we've had good crowds this year. I thought that was one of the weakest. I'll have to go through the numbers and see what they actually publish as the attendance. But, um, really disappointed there um, in a big spot. So uh, that's kind of my bad and the ugly. But I guess I mean the bad's got to be the injuries. Um, uh, I don't know what the deal is with Amari. I saw him on the bike a number of times during the UNCW game. I always thought he might pop himself back in there. Um, if, if, you, if you're walking around, if you're on the bike, uh, he made the trip to Hampton. We didn't see him. Like, clearly he's close. I don't really expect him to be out for a long period of time, but you see your teammates fighting like that in double OT, you know, unless you're really, really hurting. Um, you'd like to see him go out there and, and, and put the effort. I'm not the guy. I don't know, but the injuries bummed me out. That game bummed me out. Um, changes the whole season. So I'll, I'll go with my bads, the injuries. So I guess we're going to Anthony next. I'm going to use my good and bad to partially illustrate a point I was making earlier about consistency. My good is going to be, Coltrane Washington versus UNC Wilmington with 13 points, as well as Lamar Odin Jr. with a double-double of 21 points and 10 rebounds against Hampton on Saturday. My bad is going to be Coltrane Washington at Hampton on Saturday, 0 for 7, 0 for 4 with four fouls, as well as Lamar Odin Jr. on Thursday against Wilmington, 1 of 8, 3 points, 4 fouls. 
to just illustrate that they're consistently inconsistent. If one of the players on this team outside of Yame or Amari has a good game, you can mark it down. They're going to vanish in the next game. Now, that doesn't, unfortunately, that does not mean that if you're not there one game, you won't have another bad game right after that either. Um, but, you know, that's what I'm going to do with my good and bad. Coltrane in one game and Lamar in the next, but the bad is also Coltrane in the other game and, and, and Lamar in the former because it's just, they're just herky jerky showing up and then, and then vanishing. Um, for the ugly, I'll probably go with, um, the first 35 minutes of the Hampton game, I mean, they're the worst team in the conference and we looked horrible. Uh, you know, we were hitting some threes early in that, that Hampton game that I think made it a little bit closer than it otherwise was, but they were up on us double digits until the very, very end when, you know, we forced a couple of turnovers and kind of stormed back. Uh, Kobe McGee actually hit a, a big three in that comeback, but, um, until that last five minutes of the game, it looked like we were going to get steamrolled in that game, um, which would have been on brand for Drex on the road. But uh, I'll go with the first 35 minutes as the ugly. All right, Bill. Take your turn. I mean, I'll just go with Kashana's 40 today. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yet another one on the season. That's an easy good. Um, the ugly I will put as our future performance if we don't get at least one of these guys back. I don't really... <laughs> I don't really envision us winning again, honestly, uh, unless we get – I mean, we should have – I can't even imagine Amari doesn't come back for the tournament. I mean, this is – the season's over, right? Like, if, if you don't play, what's the difference unless you're – unless something's badly, badly wrong. So, hopefully this doesn't even come to uh, fruition here, but um, it's going to get ugly if we don't have either one of those guys. Um uh, I, I mean, the bad, I, I, I guess, the bad for me is is really not seeing anyone else step up with these injuries besides Yame, and that's just because he wasn't playing. Um, but, like, you would have liked to see, this is kind of an Anthony's point sort of, too, that, like, you know, Coltrane should be stepping up. Where is Okros? We still can't get this guy any shots. This man takes two, three shots a game. I, I don't understand how this is still a thing. He should be shooting more. He's playing like how many minutes did he even play? He played thirty nine minutes against UNC Wilmington, and he took you know five shots. Uh, I think against Hampton it was probably even worse. I think Hampton he had three. I had three shots, and one of them was like a three pointer at the end of the game. It was like lofted up from half court. So I mean, when you have people go down, you need especially your vets to really step up and fill those voids and. Other than Yami, no one's really done that. I mean, Odin stepped up a little bit, but still, he's up and down. It's similar to what he's been doing over the course of the season. Maybe a little less downs over the last, you know, few games. But that's my bad. All right, we'll take a couple of notes. I, I forgot to slip in during the broadcast here. But on the women's side, first of all, they, they shot 20% from three today and won by double digits on the road at Delaware. So, again, just, just shows you intestinal fortitude to that team. And Maura Hendrickson's... Uh, I think this was covered, but her uh, her she set the assist record, single season assist record today uh, for Drexel women's basketball. Um, big deal, big big deal. Uh, you know, you, you see a lot of records being broken because a lot of kids have five years and whatnot now, so so a lot of the career records get broken. But if you, a single season record is a single season record, and so she's just uh, she's now the all time single season assist leader at Drexel University. Congratulations. 
Still third in the country, too, in assists per game. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, it's a bit of the ball. So Is this Kishana already have the single season scoring for this year already? I didn't see anything on it, but maybe I missed it. She's got to be really close. If she's, I don't know how she wouldn't be, honestly. There's, her average is so much higher than um, good question. Gabby's was. Well, you got to think. Uh, I think postseason is included in these numbers. Ah, okay. Okay. So Gabby, with all the postseason play, might still have her by a little bit. Yeah, I didn't think uh, about that, Dan. But I'll let Anthony Furiously run, run through the record books uh, while we wrap up, and if not, we'll touch on it next week. She's got seven nineteen at the moment. That's pretty good. That's a good number for a single season. Just want to say that. Solid. Um, let's see if we, she can get to – can she be in a 1,000-point score in one season? She, she just keeps dropping 40 a game. I think she's got a shot. Um, there's four regular season games left, three tournament games potentially. That's seven games. I mean, just thinking about this. We only The women only have three games left. Three regular season Okay, three regular seasons, so, so six games, and then postseason play. I mean, can she do a 1,000 points in a season? Is this – I don't think so, but it's not crazy, right? Um Depending on where they end up in the postseason. Um, okay, that's a fun, fun thinking game. We'll have to do the math on this. Um, my Excel spreadsheets are currently elsewhere. We didn't get to talk about flow this week. Um, I may push this into the off season. I want to learn a little bit more about this deal, but I'm cautiously optimistic uh, as a flow hater. Uh, we'll put it that way. I got one. I got. I got one gripe with flow, real quick, Dan. Please stop playing this ad. Please stop playing these ads whenever I launch the app. I'm paying for this app. Don't feed me. Don't feed me the commercial when it's not a commercial break. I'm, I'm sometimes I'm tuning in the last seconds of a game, and I have to sit there and watch a two-minute commercial while, while seconds are running off the clock. Or if my connection loses and I come back in and I, I can't get back into the game I was already watching, it's infuriating. And I'm not even that big of a flow hater at this point. I, uh, it's just uh, that's really really annoying. Gripe over. All right, gripe over. Next week, um, if we don't cover flow, we will cover flow. But um, awards. Let's start talking about all CA teams. Homework for everybody here. We'll have some fun. We'll talk about that. Because it will only be the Northeastern game to talk about conference preview. I don't know what else we'll be doing to preview the conference uh, tournament here. But we'll get together. We'll put our heads together and uh, hopefully have some fun entertaining stuff for you. I'm going to throw one more thing at you. I, I did the, the research here. Uh, Gabby in the – CA championship winning season 0809 set the record for points in a season at 769. Kashana at 719. She is 50 points away from the record. You think she has a chance? Well, that could be uh, in by by this time next week. The next time we record, it is possible, if not probable, <laughs> that, that she'll be the all time leader uh, with a game in the can in the regular season. Uh, and I, I don't. Again, you said it includes the the postseason. I'm not sure if this does uh, what I'm looking at, or if this is just regular season. But if it does include the postseason, you know, <laughs> three regular season games. However far we go in the CA tournament, you know, at the very least they'll make the WNIT. Uh, so she could easily hit a thousand. I'll have to take a look at that too. That's. Uh, I don't know. I, I think at least in most cases the conference tournament is considered regular season. Um, the NCAA tournament may not be and whatnot. All right. That will wrap us for tonight. Thanks for hanging around with us one more time. Season's uh, coming to a close, everybody. So get excited. Um, maybe don't get excited for the Northeastern game. You may not want to watch that one. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great night.